Hello everybody, welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist, the podcast that's all about mental health with your host, board certified, licensed professional counselor, Crystal Martinez Acosta. Before we get started on today's topic, I want to give a really quick shout out and thank you to all of the people who have downloaded episodes on podbean.com as well as my iTunes and Google listeners. We have 1000 plus downloads, so I couldn't be any happier. As far as today's topic, it was chosen by my Facebook followers. If you don't follow me on Facebook yet, you can find me at Through the Eyes of a Therapist Facebook page, where I'm also now selling unicorn t-shirts. I'm so excited because I think the unicorn is my thing, and I really, really, really like them. So yeah, the t-shirt is purple, and it has a picture of a unicorn on the front, and it says, Mental Health Matters, Um, and it says, Through the Eyes of a Therapist on the back of the t-shirt. So if you are interested in buying one of those, they're $19, and all of the proceeds go to my podcast. Ahem. As I was saying, my Facebook followers were the ones who chose this week's topic. I gave them the choice between A. Help. My blank needs therapy. They get to fill in the blank with whoever they want to put in there. Or letter B. Help. My kids don't listen. The results showed an overwhelming amount of votes for the topic Help. My blank needs therapy. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. We're going to tackle the issue of what happens and what to say to a person in your life that you recognize might need therapy. How can you say this to them, to their face, without sounding like a complete judgmental butthole? So step one, first of all, ask yourself, what are the concerns? Are you concerned about something major like suicide. If that's the case, you check on that person right away. You give them resources right away. On my Podbean podcast page, I do have a list of things that you can give people as resources who are feeling like they want to take their own life. If the issue is also just as urgent that they want to hurt somebody else, I would say intervene with caution, but give them resources. Again, anything that will help or slow down this process of impulsivity or harsh decision-making while they're so emotional. Other than that, some of your concerns might be that the person in your life that you're thinking about who needs to go to therapy has probably exhibited noticeable changes in their personality, in their appearance, in their appetite, in their sleeping habits, any area of their life where you know this person and you feel like this behavior that they're presenting now is not typical for them. For example, if somebody who has always been early or on time to work all of a sudden starts showing up late, but chronically, it becomes a pattern. It might be time to check in with them and see what's going on. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're totally irresponsible people or that they hate you. It just means that, hey, maybe there's something going on in their life and they need a little bit of a check-in. Punctuality might be one of those things that maybe a coworker or a boss will notice about a colleague or an employee. So I would say that maybe it's safe to intervene there and talk about what has been going on in their life if you feel like it's appropriate. So I don't want to give you advice saying that you should go and be Peppa with everybody that you work with. Peppa means nosy. You should always follow your 
company's guidelines about intervening in personal matters. But if you're close to that person, I would say it doesn't hurt to offer a little support. Okay, so there was an example of what to do when maybe a coworker or colleague or somebody in your workplace is exhibiting changes in their punctuality. Some things are not as straightforward or as superficial. So let's talk about what happens when you need to confront a family member or a close friend about their habits or about the changes in their personality, appearance, etc. and how to confront them about that. So once you recognize the problem, step two is going to be, who is this person? Is this person a coworker or is this person somebody that you can get personal with? In the first example, we talked about a coworker. Now in this example, we'll talk about, let's say a family member, let's say it's your partner. All of a sudden you start noticing that they're acting a little funny. Maybe they are starting to eat too much. Maybe they stop going to the gym. Maybe they sleep in a little more. These are habits that are observable by people that are close to the person, right? So yeah, I don't think you would know those habits about your coworker. And if you do, that's a little creepy. So stop. Anyway, if you notice these things about your partner or family member, uh, roommate, right? Um, then you will want to approach with caution. I don't mean caution as in you should have fear about talking about mental health because again, we're here to bring awareness to mental health issues and to fight stigma. So I would say, just say it very matter of factly, but depending on the type of person you're dealing with, you're going to want to change your approach. So for example, if this person is totally traditional old school machismo and they really don't like the idea of going to therapy, you're going to want to change your approach. I would say that you should probably not use statements that start with you. Now, I want to teach you about something called an I statement. I statements are a form of effective communication that is less hostile and less aggressive. This is something that I teach most of my clients and something that I think you should be aware of. So I statements or I messages start with, guess what? The letter I. So I feel blank when you blank. Can you please blank? So let's use a short, small, superficial example. I feel upset when you steal my potato chips, can you please ask me for my potato chips in the future? That sounds much better than, you are such a selfish pig. Why are you eating my chips? Did you ask me? What's wrong with you? You're really inconsiderate. Okay, so same message, two different ways to do it. So when you're confronting somebody about their changes in personality and you want to get them to therapy, you really don't want to use the aggressive approach, right? You don't want to say, you've been acting crazy. What the hell is wrong with you? You need to go to a shrink. No, let's start with an I message. So for example, I feel concerned about the way you have been sleeping in a lot lately. I'm wondering what's going on with you just because I've noticed those changes in you and that's not really like you. So how can I help? So that has a completely different sentiment, very similar message, two different formats. So step three, so it's kind of like you're going to make a business proposal or a pitch for something, right? You don't want to walk in unprepared and not knowing what you're talking about. You're going to want to go in with a full presentation with your who, what, where, when, and why, with your I messages, and what kind of impact you think this will make on the person, along with the resources. 
Because let's say you get that far in the conversation. You know, I'm concerned about this and that. I really think that maybe you should seek professional help because this is something that I feel I can't really help you with, but I really want you to feel better. And you get past that point and they say, okay, sure. And what would it be like if you just walked away? That wouldn't be a complete intervention, I think. I think that you need to follow up with a plan or with some resources. So like I said, On my Podbean podcast page, I have a list of resources and phone numbers for people that you can reach different mental health providers in the El Paso area. It's not a comprehensive list, but it'll get you started. So you've made it this far. Step one is identify the concern. Step two, identify the person that you're going to confront and your relationship with that person. Is it a deep relationship, a close relationship, a strained relationship? Then you need to customize your approach based on that information. And then you want to be prepared with a statement preferably an I statement or an I message. And then you want to be prepared with resources to give this person. So of course it sounds easier than it actually is. Now you're probably experiencing some sort of anxiety or worry. How is this person going to perceive me? How is this person going to take the fact that I need to tell them that they need professional help? How are they going to take it? They're going to think I'm a total butthole. They're going to think I'm judging them. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. But what's worse, coming across as a little bit Peppa or regretting the fact that you never intervened and watching this person's life spiral out of control? I prefer Peppa. Just saying. So anyways, this is easier said than done. And if you have your own therapist or mental health provider, this is something you definitely want to talk to them about. Therapists should be expert communicators, right? We try to find a way to talk to every kind of person about any kind of subject. And I think that they can give you really good tips aside from the simple I messages. So they'll help you, you know, explore your relationship with these people that you're going to confront. They'll give you a set of words and they'll talk to you about your confidence and your matter of factness when you are confronting the person. So bring it up with your therapist If you don't have one, bring it up to a family member, somebody that you trust, because now you're stepping into the role, kind of, of caregiver of this person, right? This person potentially has mental illness. You're the one who's living with them, and you're wanting to be their support system because you're going to confront them about why they need therapy or mental health services. So you're kind of becoming their caregiver. So again, caregivers need self-care, because without self-care, we cannot care for others, Self-care equals care for others, right? So take care of yourself. Find your own support system. If you feel like this person is really difficult to deal with or their symptoms are really challenging for you, you need to seek your own help, whether that's formally with a mental health provider or professional or with somebody that you trust. So in order to talk about what to do when you want to refer somebody to a mental health professional... I think we also have to address the things you shouldn't do. So like I said earlier, you don't want to go in with a you statement. You want to go in with an I statement. At the same time, there are some other things on the don'ts list that you should be aware of. For example, don't look up symptoms on the internet. Do not do it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you can... 
But then don't self-diagnose and don't diagnose others, especially if you are not a clinician. And even if you are a clinician or a therapist, it's a conflict of interest to be doing that with your own family, friends, and coworkers. You know that. You know better than that. Tis tisk. So don't do that. Now, another thing you shouldn't do is humiliate the person. So try to find a neutral time and place. Notice I said time and place, meaning a neutral time is something like where the person is sitting down after dinner watching TV. They're pretty calm. You know, they've already unwinded from the day. It's a neutral time. And then a neutral place is somewhere maybe like the living room or in the backyard or in the front yard or on the patio, anywhere that is not a personal space. You don't, you definitely do not want to confront somebody while they're on the toilet, while they're on a phone call, while they're agitated and upset about their day, or they're in a hurry. You definitely don't want to pick those times because those are not neutral times. Another thing you might want to stay away from is gossip and rumors. I know it's tempting. It's tempting to be Peppa and it's tempting to want to spread the cheese man and drink the tea, but I think that it would behoove you to not do that. If you're you're noticing that somebody is exhibiting mental illness or symptoms of a mental illness, you want to try to keep their dignity. I mean, yes, seek your own support, but seeking your own support does not mean throwing other people under the bus or disclosing mental illness that they're not ready to disclose themselves. Another don't is to stay away from empty promises. If you say that you're going to be a supportive person for this other person or this individual, it's very important to follow through. Don't make empty promises to that person. They might be counting on your support and you may be the only one who's supporting them. So stay accountable and dependable. Do not share your own psychotropic or psychiatric medications with other people. Uh, if you have been, another don't is to not share your medication with the person that you're trying to help. I understand it's coming from a good place. You know, I want to help you. I used to have those symptoms. I still have some leftover medication if you want it. Or, hey, I carry this. I carry that. I bet it'll help your symptoms too. Okay, yeah, that's coming from a helpful and well-meaning place, but that can cause some real physical or even emotional or psychological damage to people if they haven't been prescribed that particular medication for their body. And the last thing I want to sort of reiterate as a don't is don't escalate the situation don't be afraid, and don't be aggressive. Remember that mental health is still a sensitive subject. It still has some stigma attached to it. So we're dealing with a somewhat new way to approach invisible illness, and we're bringing awareness to something that's invisible. And we're addressing it maybe for the first time with this person. So try to be gentle. Don't be judgy. Don't be aggressive. And just remember that this support that you're about to offer this person can really go a long way and possibly change the trajectory for their life. Well, everyone, that's it for this episode of Through the Eyes of a Therapist. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional and board certified counselor. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, please feel free to reach out to me on my Facebook page, Through the Eyes of a Therapist or on Twitter or Instagram. 
Remember that you can always go to my podcast page, which is www.throughtheeyesofatherapist.podbean.com. And to get more information on those unicorn t-shirts, please visit my website. Until next time.